We're in the atrium of the Hyatt Regency in Columbus, Ohio, uh, recording the digital side hug. And we're at Simply Youth Ministry Conference. I've got Darren Sutton with me. Darren. Thanks for having me. It's going good, man. Thanks for having me. It's a little colder here than I'm used to. <laughs> and, and it is. It, it is. It, it's not or a lot. Or a lot colder is what I should be saying. <laughs> but it, it, at least it's not snow covered. It, well, yes, but where I come from, there is no such thing as snow. So <laughs> the fact that there's a little snow in the parking lot is totally freaking me out right now. <laughs> That's great. Well, if this had happened last week, the conference, I don't know that any of us would, would be would, here. Would be able to even be here. Right no now. kidding. Um, Darren, you. You are tell us who you are, where you work, what you do. Sure. My name's Darren Sutton. I'm a, I'm a youth pastor in the trenches of ministry in Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, been in student ministry for 26 years, and uh, I know I sound much younger than I am. <laughs> and uh, and so right now I serve a little a, a little congregation in Corpus called Destination Point. Um, I do a lot of global student ministry work. So we have a podcast that we do for parents yeah. and teenagers. I have written some books. I'm here at the Simply Youth Ministry right. Conference to do some speaking and some teaching workshops and stuff like that. So, And I was going to ask you about both of those things, the podcast oh, and sure. your book. We'll talk about your book a little bit in a, okay. in a minute. The podcast, when, when I realized that you did that, it's called Millennium Influence. Millennial. Millennial Millennial Influence. Millennial Um, Influence with two L's and two N's, and you can go on iTunes. Yeah, let me just tell you, we didn't really think through the whole, like, naming of (laughs) it. Like, who can spell this, right? (laughs) You can actually find it through my podcast, M-I podcast. Okay, got it. Or if you are on iTunes, you can search my name, Darren Sutton, and it'll come up. So, And it... There's hundreds of episodes. It's <laughs> yeah. designed to help parents of teenagers yes. do what they do. That's exactly right. It's a, it's a short, usually 15 minutes or less, um, just a little short show that you could listen to between your house and your place of work yeah. on your way to work or on your way home. And it's just what we try to do are real practical ideas for keeping the lines of communication open between moms and dads and their teenage kids. Well, and you, um, the, I noticed... Two years ago was the last podcast that is live. Right. Has Have you stopped doing it? Or No, I, I'm glad you asked that. No, no, not at all. We actually, um, our producer um, had some family issues. Her husband got ill. He passed away. And um, so we've just been trying to give her some time to, to regroup. And um, you can still access all the archives. Right. We will be recording again live by the end of the year. Okay. Um, and being putting up all new stuff. So... And and uh, it's really practical stuff for parents. And yeah, we how hope to deal so. With teens. We try to make it practical. Well, I read so. through the titles and, and thought this is this is good stuff. This is Thank in you. the trenches kind of stuff. Thank you. Which, well, you know why that is because I have three teenagers in my house, so yeah. I'm really just talking about issues I'm facing myself. Right, it's right. really kind of commiserating. You're, you're literally <laughs> you're constantly in the trenches, whether at work or yeah, at home. Exactly. Well, the uh, the director of the conference here, Jason Ostrander. Uh, recommended that I talk with you and when he described he said you got to talk to this guy he called you an in the trenches youth ministry warrior Uh, and I know you're part of the in the trenches team for what simply youth ministry conference does right what what does in the what does that mean to be a part of the in the trenches team yeah, well, the Simply Youth Ministry Conference kind of has a, a, a personality, an identity that's a little different than most youth worker conferences because it's um, 
by youth workers for youth workers. And so what the folks at Simply Youth Ministry have done is they've gathered, you know, three or four hundred folks who are in the trenches doing youth ministry day to day. And they've said, partner with us, come alongside us and help us define and decide what the conference is year to year so that we can better impact folks who are actually in the trenches doing the work. And so uh, that's been an awesome honor. So what does that so, look like? You, you, tell, talk me through that process. You see something in your youth group or even in your home that starts to bubble up and you're like, man, I'm seeing this in the lives of all these families. Right. What do you do with that next? Yeah, well, once a year, group will have folks from the, from the IT3 team and the trenches team um, come out and we'll just start planning, dreaming, designing what the conference looks like, what kind of workshops we offer, um, you know, how we make personal connections. One of the, I think one thing that sets simply apart from a lot of other youth ministry conferences is just the connection, the relational element yeah, yeah. that we find here. And that really is because we're using youth workers to make that connection. And so what that looks like is, you know, whether you have an idea, you know, at home that you throw up on a, we have a kind of a private Facebook page where we do a lot of conversing, uh, obviously email back and forth and that yeah. kind of thing. But then when we all get together, usually in the fall, um, we'll get together and talk about, you know, the specifics of the conference, like what kind of, uh, what kind of connection activities are we going to do? What tracks were amazing? We need to make sure we yeah. always offer those. Which ones could we pull back on? What's hot and current right now in youth ministry? You know, is it, yeah. you know, do we need to be talking about suicide? Do we need to be talking about cutting? Do we need to be, what, what are you dealing with in your everyday youth ministry? Um, and I love that because youth workers deal with a lot of the same stuff. And when people are up in an ivory tower trying to figure out what it is we actually are doing, right. sometimes they miss the mark. Yeah. And so I love that about Simply, that they include youth workers who are actually doing the work yeah. in helping to plan the conference. Well, and they, they bring you guys in as fully you know invested yeah. parts of the team. Right. And so when they say to everybody at the conference, thousands of people here, go fill out our survey, they may get... 10% return on that but when they say to you two or three hundred we need to know how we did this year y'all are able to give them yeah instant extra. real feedback yeah, yeah real exactly feedback. yeah so I, I noticed you know that there are peer panels today right. there were six peer panels and the, the topics were really awesome so I'm guessing guys like you were a part of not only saying hey we need a peer panel about this and a peer panel about that uh, one of them that really caught my attention was how youth ministry can save the church. Yes. And to me, that was a really cool idea. Um, and maybe that came from, from mm -hmm. someone like you. But but maybe the, the very idea of having peer panels, as right. opposed to all expert at the front delivering a lecture. Right. Maybe that originated. Those kinds of things are have always originated from the IT3 team. And most of the folks who flush out and fill out those peer panels are folks who've been on the IT3 team. Okay. I like that. That's really cool. All right. Well, we, we have probably never started a Blitzkrieg get to know me this late in the podcast, <laughs> okay. but I'm going to hit the chain reaction music. Awesome. Uh, and we are gonna, we're going to go for it. All right. Uh, Darren Sutton, my question for you is this. What is your go-to breakfast food? Bacon. Okay. I, you know what? Is there another answer? To no, that, there, that is the only breakfast food. <laughs> that is so great. Bacon. Um, I, I actually saw yesterday, or maybe it was today, a friend of mine on Twitter tweeted that he likes turkey bacon as well as normal bacon. 
I may stop following him. Yeah, turkey bacon's not bacon. I may, I may stop. I've got to decide. Yeah, no, turkey bacon's Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's, that's not, that's not bacon. <laughs> now, what is your favorite Queen song? Oh, what is your favorite Queen song? If you make this multiple choice, I'll be able to answer. Oh, that, yeah. There's no possible way that you don't know some of these Queen songs. Exactly. So. Okay, yeah. so multiple choice would be uh, <laughs> A. Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. B, We Will Rock You. That's the one. I don't even need to go to no, C. No, I'll take B. I was going to, okay. Well, well let's see. Well, let's C see. was going to be Another One Bites the Dust. Yeah. Oh. And D was going to be March of the Black Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Not D. I'm still sticking with B. <laughs> okay. We Will Rock You. We Will Rock You. I'm, I'm convinced you could go to any country in the world and begin the We Will Rock You stomp, yep. clap, and, and, and people yep. would know exactly what you're doing. You can't tell that I'm a Queen fan. That's at all. awesome. And what was your favorite Saturday morning cartoon? Oh, probably Roadrunner, although Tom and Jerry comes in a close second. Okay. Oh, Speed Racer. Yes. Speed Racer. It trumps them all. Okay, so, Speed yes. Excellent. Um, I was in love with Trixie. There's a button in front of you. Yes. If you press the button, you must sleep in your car every weeknight, okay? Monday through Friday nights you spend in your car. Okay. Actually, let's say Sunday night through Thursday night. Okay. On the weekends, you don't have to sleep in your car, but the other five nights you do. That is if you press the button. If you don't press the button, you may not get in a car except on the weekends. And I totally press the button. You press the button. I sleep in the car. Yeah, because you can't, you're not going to ride a bike to work. Look at this body. Does it look like I'm a bike rider? Come on. Yeah. No. Give me automated transportation, please. Okay. I can sleep anywhere. So you press the button. Yes. Sleep in your car five nights a week. Press awesome. the button. Finally, uh, Morris Gregwire has a Facebook page that I love. Uh, he sponsors the show. Asking Can Be Fun is the name of the Facebook page. Okay. Some great discussion starters. The question for you is, do you consider yourself a connoisseur of anything? Ice cream. A connoisseur of ice cream. I'm going to tell you the reason I am in Columbus right now is because Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream is headquartered in Columbus. I've, and I've what, never even heard of Jenny's. Don't talk to me anymore. We're done. This interview is <laughs> Podcast over. Podcast is over, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Jenny's ice cream is hands down the best ice cream ever in the universe, and you can only get it for real in Columbus. I've had it mail-ordered to me in Texas. Wow. I'm telling you, it's the best stuff ever. So you how close is it to the Hyatt Regency? Um, it's, it's less than a block, and I've had it every day since it's, I've been here. I can walk to it? Yes, it's in the North Market. Have okay. you been to the North no, Market no, yet? No, no, never. Dude, you got to go to the North Market. Okay. It's awesome. But the first thing you run into when you walk into the North Market is Jenny's Ice Cream. Okay, North Market, Jenny's Ice Cream. But yeah, I didn't. I got this body trial by fire, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's right. I'm in, in the trenches. The, I'm in the trenches with <laughs> ice cream as much as I am youth ministry. So you would, you're, a, you're an ice cream connoisseur. So, you, uh, you know, like the movie City Slickers, they're asking Barry and Ira, you know, which Barry, I think it's Barry, that, you know, the perfect ice cream for each you know yes. to follow each meal yes. that would be you like yes. you know just knowing uh, that's great yes <laughs> um let's talk about your book 
I'd love to. You, you, is this the most recent book that you've written? It's the most recent book that has my name on the cover. Okay. I've, that, I've been a part of several projects with Simply Youth Ministry that have come out since this book. Okay. But this this one is 100% daring. And I love Leader Treks. Uh, Me it's, too. It's They're good produced folks. and published by Leader Treks. Leader Treks is really... I, I'm, I am really impressed with what they put out. They do. And so it's I was excited stuff. to see this. Um, when I got your name from Jason... I started Googling and I found this book. The book is called Everyone's Called to Youth Ministry. They just don't know it yet. Right. And so I could tell people about the book, but but you wrote it. Tell us tell us why you wrote this book and <laughs> well, what you're trying to say. You know, I, I've been in youth ministry for a long time. We talked about that. And uh, probably about 15 years ago or so, I was planning a Disciple Now. It's kind of like a retreat where kids spend the weekend in homes of people in the church. And so there was a lady in our church. Her name was Belle. I have her permission to share the story. And uh, I said, you know, I want, I want you to be a part of this. And she was like, absolutely not. I don't do teenagers. And I said, oh, contraire, mon frere, you're going to do teenagers. I will have you in my youth ministry before I leave this church. It just felt like a challenge to me. You she know? said no. She said no. You said yes. And it just spurred me. I was just like, you know what? No, this lady, you know, for 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 faults and everything, she has a story to offer these kids, and they're missing it. Oh, well, how did you know so, that about her? Had well, you had you did you hear her story? Did you know who she was? I didn't know her specific story, but you just know those people that you bump into that you just know have a depth of history yeah. that you just want to know. And Belle was that kind of lady. Like, I, I, I didn't know a whole lot about her. She was our kind of our church kitchen cop, you know, so she made sure that dinners were ready and, you know, that kind of thing. She in her 50s, She's, 40s, 60s? Mm, yeah, I would say at that time pushing 70. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, pushing 70. And uh, and so, she just basically was like, I hate teenagers and I don't want to have anything to do with them. And The ideal youth leader. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In my mind. And so you, you, you said... I want you to host. Did, did she host a D now? Well, or did she... she didn't that time. Okay. She didn't she said that no. time. Yeah. What I what I had initially asked her to do was host. She wouldn't do that. She said no. And uh, and you know, I mean, as youth workers, we're all used to having people tell us no. And so, but I don't know. It just sparked something in me that said, you know what? The people in this church and in every church, they have something to offer our students, and I'm missing them. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to be included in that church. It grew. The student ministry just exploded. And we had all these kids and just no adults. And I just thought, you know, everybody in this church has something to offer the student ministry. What are we going to do about that? Yeah. You know. And it really was just the impetus for this philosophy that I yeah. have, that everybody's called. They just don't know it. And my job as a youth pastor, regardless of what church I am in, is to help them figure out how they express that call. Mm -hmm. So I decided Belle was my pet project. I was going after her. And, uh, you know, this woman had told me stories about how she used to be a den mother for Cub Scouts and stuff. I'm like, listen, if you can hang out with a bunch of rug ratty Cub Scouts, you can do youth <laughs> ministry. So, uh, you know, over the course of time, I basically just wore her down yeah. until finally she host-homed for seventh grade boys, of all people, for uh, for the last disciple now uh, the, of my career in that church. Was she so. a part of a pillow fight? <laughs> Or a wrestling match. You know what? I, seventh grade boys. <laughs> they had to have broken something in her home. You know what? Belle kind of rules with an iron fist. Oh, so wow. I'm guessing they didn't even breathe without how, her permission. How long was it between when she initially said, I'm not doing that mm -hmm. until you won her over? Five years. Five years. Five years. 
five years. And you know you what? You stuck I, with it for five years. Well, I retooled the way I was approaching her, and that, that really I think is kind of core to the philosophy of who is going to be serving in your youth ministry. She didn't want to be in the trenches. She right. didn't want to be hands on what I call direct care. Right. And so I started using her to, you know, make meals. To you know, we we had a, a function on on Sunday nights where the, some of our kids had to come early. Um, and so I started having her make dinner for those kids. Mm-hmm. Well, at first it, she would make it and she would just drop it off. Well, yeah. then it, you know, I found a way to say, you know what? I really love it if this week you could come and actually make something and serve it hot. Yeah. So she'd be in the room with the right. kids. And then, you know, I, I'd start sure, saying. Sure, she's learning their name. Yes, They're saying thank you exactly, to her. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And then I would start saying, you know, Belle, don't worry about doing the dishes. Let me get these couple of kids back here and we'll help you do the dishes. And I would go back with oh, three or four kids. Awesome. We do the dishes, you know, until finally it just kind of, it didn't feel as sinister, you know, and and as scary, I guess is overwhelming. (laughs) And so eventually I just went to her. I said, Belle, you know, these junior high boys, they got to have a lady who can, who can be a grandma with a switch. You know, I don't know if you had a grandma like that, but my grandma, like if we got out of line, we, we'd snap off something from the Mm -hmm. peach tree and she'd beat the fire out of us, you know? (laughs) And I said, I I need a grandma, but I need a grandma who can control. And so she was like, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. And she loved it. And those boys loved her. They they clung on to her, you know? And so, but it it started with her telling me no. And then me finding ways to kind of get her, you know, rubbing up against students in a way that wasn't so intimidating. So you saw something in her that maybe she didn't see in herself. You, You make the pitch. She says no and shuts it down. You start imagining, okay, how can I retool this? What could I pull her into that would be less intimidating? And then you get her to that point where the next thing you know, they're loving her. She's pouring into their lives. A connection is made. Um, you call these people in your book sleeper leaders. Right. Because kind of kind of like that, that, you know, a sleeper team is the team that you just, you think they're going to mail it in. Mm-hmm. They got no chance to win the league mm-hmm. and they come out of nowhere and surprise you. Exactly. And yeah. are there other stories of sleeper leaders that oh you've seen gosh. over the years? Like, I, like you mentioned, was is Bell the one that you said was 110 when you met her? No, that was actually Luberta. Yeah, um, you can usually tell by their names, like what yeah, what Luberta. generation they're from. Yes. But yeah, but Luberta um, actually, we we had to cancel an event because of weather. Um, this was actually before my my philosophy on this everyone's called thing was really fully fleshed out. But Luberta, um, we canceled an event due to weather. I was at the senior adult luncheon, having lunch and talking to the ladies, whatever, and we were talking about canceling this event. And Luberta out of the clear blue sky just gives me this suggestion for an event I'd never heard of. And I said, well, tell me about that, Luberta. And she starts flushing it out. I'm like, that's really cool. I said, why don't you be in charge of that for me? And she was like, okay. Wait, she was, did, wait, did, Lu, did Luberta invent the lock-in? <laughs> no, the devil invented the lock-in. <laughs> so, but, but it was, yeah, it was just a great idea. And, and I asked her to, to kind of sign on with me because I'd never done it before. And, uh, and she loved it. And I'm going to tell you, from that minute on, she was fully invested in the student ministry. At 94, drove us in a church van to camp five states away. I don't always recommend that, but Luberta was good, so it was she fine. She was 94. She was 94. Yeah, and wow. rocked it. I mean, those kids adored her. Big black bun. Uh-huh. Everything she had was a flowery, moo-moo-looking outfit, you know. 
she didn't have to be hipster. She didn't have to be cool. She, yeah. she was just Luberta, and she loved those kids, and they loved her. And I would never have pegged her right. if she hadn't said to me at lunch that day, I think you ought to do a come-as-you-are party. That's that, all it took. That is so interesting. We told the stories backwards because Luberta happened before Belle. Right. But I'm betting that if Luberta, if that story doesn't happen, which you described as sort of predating your philosophy. Right. Then the Bell story doesn't happen, right? Because you're not looking. You're not looking for the ways that Bell can serve. You're not. You don't have your eye out for any and every person that can can. Uh, I really think the Achilles tendon for a lot of youth workers is getting it in our head that a person who works with with teenagers has to be like this. Fill in the blank. Right. For some youth leaders, it's the college age kid. Yeah. For some youth leaders, it's the parent. For some youth leaders, you know, it, it's the thirty something with younger kids. I mean, you fill in the blank. We all kind of have our preconceptions of who who makes a good right. youth worker, and I think that you know, you just got to bust that down because there is no one. I mean, really, the only thing that makes a good youth worker is somebody who loves Jesus. They don't even have to like teenagers to be a good youth worker if you do it right. Clearly. I mean, yeah. they hated teenagers. They hated teenagers. And, and she would tell you today she still hates them, but she does stuff for them. And she so, loves them. She loves them in, in the way that she serves them. Exactly. She just doesn't doesn't like them in the way that, you She know. can't hang with them every day. Right. I understand right. that. I'm a parent of teenagers. Sometimes right. I don't like them every day. <laughs> I, that, is, that is so cool. Darren, can you tell us, I mean, you, you know, you, you wrote this book. You're an expert. <laughs> I'm, I'm interviewing you on this podcast. You know, it'd be easy for somebody out there to think, well, I could, you know, I'm, I'm no good at this. But you've learned by trial and error. You know, is no there a doubt. story of just blowing it where you, that, that contributed to this philosophy where you're like, man, I wish I had that one to do over? Oh, yeah, like 100,000. I mean, I, you know, there's a list longer than a top 10 of, of folks where I thought they'd be great in a role. And when I got there, I was like, oh, they're awful at this. Yeah, and they hate it. They don't like, yeah, yeah. misdiagnosed it. Um, I think there have been people that I I totally just totally missed that now looking back, I can see, man, I totally wrote them off. And they had a great, yeah. I mean, they had a great heritage to offer and to share. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I think about, I, I, I hired an intern once. Um, I, and here's the honest truth, I hired him because I was drowning. And I, I, I felt like, you know, this, this kid can do this. And he just fell flat. And it wasn't because I was trying to place him in the right spot. It was because I needed help and I didn't care who did it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had a lady that and I actually talk about this lady in the book. I kind of pegged her to be a small group leader. Um, but I knew that she would never go for that, <laughs> you know, um, just straight out. So, but she's super techie. So I got her kind of involved in our AV ministry and, you know, that kind of thing and realized she's a small group leader with those AV kids. I don't need her as the oh, small group yeah. leader. You know what I mean? Um, but but if I had pushed her into yeah. being a, a traditional, quote unquote, you know, small, small group, group leader, leader, she would have crashed. Yeah. But because she was able to do it by, you know, hiding behind the soundboard, right. it worked perfectly. But that's not where I had pegged her. You so, know what I mean? Yeah, so. she's she's leading an unconventional small group. Exactly. Doing exactly yeah. what it was you dreamed that she could do. But Just not the way I dreamed not it. Not in the way, yeah. Yeah. So. What are, you talk in your book about the difference between guiding and trumping. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. Like with with volunteer leaders, mm-hmm. if everybody's a volunteer, if everybody, if everyone's called a youth ministry, and you mm-hmm. start to open your eyes. Which, by the way, if you're listening to this, you know the book is great, and you should get it. Uh, everyone's called to youth ministry; they just don't know it yet. By Darren Sutton, um, it is so. It, it you can get almost stuck in the first part of the book reading this challenge to have your eyes open for anyone. Mm-hmm. But then there's so many things that are practical in the book, and one of them that had me kind of kicking myself was this idea of guide them, don't trump them. Yeah, Talk about that, and, and it sounded to me like you had... There was a story there where you trumped somebody and you lost them. <laughs> yeah, you know, more than once. And I will tell you that that, to this day, is the part that I struggle with the most. Um, I think that every kind of point person in a youth ministry kind of feels the, um, whether it's subconscious or not, kind of the need to control how things go. And anytime that you're working with volunteers and really releasing them to do ministry, you run the risk of it being messy and not working out right. And not being as good as it would be if you did it. Exactly. Or or not even necessarily as good, but just not being the The way way I would do it. It wouldn't be the way I did it, you know? And so uh, I I found myself in one very specific case kind of releasing this guy to do it and uh, and realizing, you know, he's not doing it the way I want. And instead of guiding him to a place where he was really hitting on all cylinders and could be the best he could be, I just went in and did it for him. It's kind of like, I, I, you know, I guess in some ways it's like when you're a parent of a young younger kid and you're trying to train them yeah. how to clean the room or do the laundry right. or whatever. You know, you got to end up with pink underwear a couple of times. You know, you let your kids <laughs> do the laundry, they mess it up, right. you got to buy new underwear. And, uh, and I think it's like that with youth ministry, you know. And I am a trumper. I mean, by nature, I... I want to make sure that it gets done well. And so sometimes I'll jump out in front when I really should let the leader do it, warts and all. Wouldn't it be great if in our role as youth pastor, instead of having the mindset that thinks it's going to reflect poorly on our ministry or on me if something isn't done to perfection, what if we were afraid that it would reflect poorly that we're not letting people use their gifts? Exactly. That that would reflect poorly on our ministries. Mm -hmm. That... Everything looks too good around here because our paid professional is making sure it's it, polishing it all. Yeah, yeah. you yeah, know, I one of the things that I, about this book. One of the things that in the last five years that I, I, I'm a success addict, I want everything to always be perfect. Mm-hmm. And so, and not not because I'm a perfectionist, but just because I like to succeed. And yeah. if I don't think I'm going to succeed, I don't even try because I want to. I want to <laughs> succeed, you know. So, uh, you know, so I don't tarnish my record. Right. But, uh, so you're undefeated in the sport that, <laughs> yeah, because you never played it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so I, I think that in that realm, sometimes we 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 forget to celebrate failure. Yeah. And one of the things that I have just kind of made a mantra of mine over the last five years is if you're going to celebrate success, you must celebrate failure. Because if you're not failing, you're not trying anything outside your ability to control. And that's not life, much less yeah, ministry. Right. You know, And so I, I still struggle with it. I still wake up almost every day and say, God, help me yeah. celebrate whatever failures I have today and move on from those. Right. And so you know, I, I really am trying to learn how to incorporate that in my student ministry and say to my leaders, you know, we're going to celebrate failure. We're going to try this right. thing. If it flops, it flops. Yeah. We don't care. We're celebrating the failures. And I love so. the way you, with the practical tips in here, you build celebration into every meeting that you do 
And, and I love that idea that you say, you know, Jenny had an awesome, you know, mm-hmm. Bible study with some high school girls and Billy, you know, tried to have a movie night <laughs> at his house and, and nobody came. Yeah. And he even got some tweets making fun of him. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Good grief. Billy is giving it all he's got, this mm-hmm. leader, yeah. and putting his heart out there mm-hmm. and using his gifts. Uh, that is a great point to celebrate across the board. You know, I mean, some of us don't celebrate at all, yeah. even the even the wins. Yeah. Some of us don't have the meetings. Right. <laughs> we don't even have meetings with our <laughs> yeah. leaders uh, True. To, tra- to help train. Sure. But building that celebration in is really, really good. Um, I want to talk about one more thing, um, and that is I, thinking about this idea that everyone everyone's called to this. Mm-hmm. I can't hear that without thinking about Deuteronomy 6. Okay. And the biblical idea that for the Hebrews, the the role, you know, this thing called faith mm-hmm. and, you know, belief mm-hmm. and identity in God mm-hmm. is something that our kids are given and they, they are encouraged with and surrounded by at all times in the home. You know, it mm-hmm. talks about, you talk about it when you wake up and mm-hmm. when you lie down and when you stand and, and you bind it on your foreheads and you mm-hmm. bind it on your wrists. This love that we have for God, the name of our God who is with us. And in the Hebrew culture, this was of course a command to, to parents essentially. Right. But the connotation is, where are you gonna go in this community where you don't, you know, where, where, where young people aren't growing up with pictures of devotion to God in their life. And so I read this book with, with a couple of people in mind, some people at my church um, that, that are essentially allergic to teenagers. Sure. <laughs> who who I, I have had to basically, you know, actually give up on trying to get them directly involved in the lives of students. Sure. Um, because of circumstances beyond my control but who, I, and I thought about them the whole time thinking, I, I, I am no longer able to find a direct role. Right. But they are in a community with, with these teenagers that are growing up, and they are loving God. They mm-hmm. are using their gifts. Our teenagers are watching that, mm-hmm. whether it is the corporate assembly or in all church events. Um, so I, I just love what you're saying do you you know do you have anything to add to that for let's say there's a there's a person who comes to you and says you know Darren my story includes um, inappropriate contact with a teenager right, yeah 10 years ago in my life mm-hmm. and I'm a, I'm I wish it had never happened but it has you can't use me right you know what what what's your next sentence what's the next sentence out of your mouth to that person Thanks for sharing that with me. Number one, I mean, what a, what a weighty thing to have to tell somebody. Um, I, I guess, I don't know if I can necessarily go through my next sentence, but what I would say is that, you know, the, the premise for the book is found in Psalm where it talks about us passing on our faith stories to the next generation, the next generation, the next generation. And sometimes that includes direct contact, telling your story, teaching a Bible study. And, and sometimes that's just what teenagers see in their peripheral. Right. And I just think that the community of faith however broad it is, brings 
all parts of their faith story into play. The mm-hmm. ugly parts. I mean, I have parts of my story that are ugly that I would rather not share, but mm-hmm. in authenticity, it's a part of the story, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I and I would say to that person, I think, you know, Jesus uses all stories. And while you might not be uh, even legally in yeah. a place where you can be directly impacting students anymore, your story is a story that can be a faith right. impactor in the life of people yeah. around you, students or otherwise. And so, uh, you know, I, I just feel like sometimes we, um, because because teenagers are sometimes hard to communicate with, we just count out folks. Right. And, and teenagers may count out folks. I can guarantee you that those kids did not jump up and go, ooh, let's hang out with Luberta. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They had to have the opportunity to actually know her and to know her story and hear her story. And, um, and, and I feel like, you know, we need to create environments and opportunities where people can do that. Obviously, sometimes in, in legal channels that can't be yeah, done, yeah. and that, that's a whole nother That's another book, probably. Right, yeah, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but book it, number two, right, right, exactly. We'll do a part two. But uh, but you know, I, I guess my encouragement to youth workers everywhere is: you have a rich heritage of faith stories waiting to impact the futures of the teenagers in your group right now. Don't count those folks out because they're not directly in your line of sight. Find them in your peripheral. Hear it from your students. You know, listen for things like suggestions on things you can do, which is sometimes a cry for. I might like to be involved, <laughs> right. you know, but usually we take as a threat so to true. our manhood, you know, or whatever, our ministryhood. Our womanhood. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Our ministry, our ministry, uh, you know, kind Expertise, of. Expertise, yeah. Exactly. That's what I was looking for. And so, uh, you know, I, but I just feel like, man, youth ministry is the most important calling we have yeah. in the church. Sorry, children's pastors. And so, <laughs> you know, if you can find ways to plug folks into that, you need to jump on that in every conceivable way that's great that is such a great challenge for us darren thank you before before we let you go i know you're facilitating several things here this Mm -hmm. weekend you're you're presenting some stuff what one thing are you most excited about this weekend like the 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 class or the thing that you personally are most excited about it has to be revolving around the conference because my answer is my wife got to come with me and we have no kids here that's what i'm most excited about we haven't been away you know just the two of us and we're still not we're still working you know how it is when you're at a conference you know Today, oh, yeah, yeah. today we left, you know, she's, she's teaching some things and leading some things too. And I was like, okay, I'll see you on Monday, honey, you know, but it's been nice. We got to come up a few days early and just kind of be on a date. You yeah. know, it's been a long time since we've gotten to do that. That's but fun. as far as the conference goes, you know, honestly, my favorite part of the conference is just connecting with people. Yeah. Um, it's not really even any of the stuff that I teach. Obviously I love all that. I'm passionate about student ministry and uh, I love doing that. Um, but I just love connecting with youth workers. Yeah. Five years ago, before I started coming to Simply Youth Ministry, I'd been in youth ministry for 20 years, and I had never really made personal connections with other youth pastors. Wow. Everything very superficial, yeah. you know, no deep community. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, it saved my life. I, we have been, um, the last five years have been some rough years for us in ministry, my family and I. And uh, we would not have survived it without the connections that we made at this conference. And so I feel like that's more my charge and calling now, even than a conference leader, is to make that same kind of connection for folks who are here who are feeling isolated and tired and burnt out and and who just need a friend in ministry. That's Mm -hmm. what I look most forward to. That's great. I love that. And I've already personally experienced that here uh, at at the conference as well. It's been fun. Uh, to make the connections and to meet people like you and 
and to hear what you're doing for the kingdom. Um, so thank you so much for taking a few minutes to sit down. My and, pleasure. Thanks for share. inviting me. Um, I uh, I hope it's okay if I if I give you a real hug. Yes. You, you've uh, not even side hug, dude. We're going all the way, <laughs> full frontal. You've blessed us with a digital side hug, and we say thank you. So we'll. My honor. Thank you. Yep. You guys have Enjoy. an awesome uh, awesome day, and we'll see you soon on the digital side hug.